the millennial way a podcast made for the on the go millennial giving you tips and advice on how to up level your career teaching you the things they don't teach you in school when they ask why just tell them it's the millennial way here's your host chase coleman Y'all, welcome to another Winning Wednesday episode. Today, we have a very, very special guest with us, Eileen Tao from the NBA. Not only did Eileen go and work for the NBA and move up to New York City, but she has moved around the country multiple times, being from California, going to college in Atlanta, Georgia, Emory University, and not to mention being a stud basketball player. And then she moved on up to New York City to, to take a position as an associate with the NBA. Eileen, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, for sure. Um, Thanks for having me. So excited. And um, so kind of like what you just said, I'm an associate at the NBA now. I am part of a two-year rotational program. Um, And which what that means is like I do six months in a department, then I switch to another six months. And that in turn turns to two years. And um, so I started in global partnerships and moved over to basketball strategy and analytics, then to our team marketing and business ops group. And now I'm actually back in global partnerships, and that's going to be my final role, too. So for the foreseeable future, that's what I'm going to be doing. Awesome. And yeah, so kind of how I landed on that position is, like you mentioned, I played basketball in college at Emory, um, and basketball's always been a huge passion of mine. So Mm -hmm. I never really thought of it as like a career besides, you know, potentially playing, um, but also was realistic in that probably wasn't going to make it to the WNBA. Not everyone gets to do that. (laughs) And so um, not until I was in business school at um, Emory, I think it was my junior year, I took a sports marketing class. And that was the first time I realized, well, yeah, there's this whole other side to the sport that isn't playing. It's like the business side. Somebody has to run that, run this business. Um, And lucky for me, I got a great relationship with that professor and started working on a couple projects with him. And um, eventually that led to the Atlanta Dream, which is the uh, WNBA team down there, and got an internship with them. So I actually applied to the NBA for an internship that summer, but didn't get it, which I think in turn became like a blessing in disguise because I had a great time with the Atlanta Dream, um, which I I feel like I learned a lot. It's it's great to work with the W just because – it's a different kind of league. It's growing and it's young mm-hmm. and there's, they need a lot of help. So it was, it was a very hands-on experience. I got to do a lot as an intern. It didn't feel like I was an intern. Um, and That's with awesome. that, I applied for this associate program the next year and I, and I got it. So it was really exciting. And I think a lot of it has to do with my experience at the dream and, and working with my professor at Emory. So that's, that's kind of how the cliff note version, I guess. of me. <laughs> that's me so cool. There. And and the rotational program sounds like a, a really cool program. Are you are you yeah. promised a position coming out of that two years? Like, is a full time role promised for you? Yeah, it's. I, I haven't heard of anyone not really getting a position out of it. I think they don't want to say like a hundred. It's more like a ninety nine percent chance okay. you'll get a position. It's just they don't want to say hundred in case I guess you do something 
terrible, but that, that rarely, rarely happens. And so it's a great program though. And if you think about it, a lot of people, they, they work in one department for a really long time and that's like who, you know, and who you talk to. But for us, it's, it's such a great opportunity to network and among there's 10 of us that are in this program. And, um, so not a lot. And we're, I'm really lucky that I'm very close to these these other associates, and amongst us, we're obviously in a lot of different departments, rotating at different times, and so through that, we really know almost, I want to say, everyone at the company amongst the 10 of us, um, just because you're working with so many different people through these rotations, That's awesome. which is probably the best part, yeah. That sounds yeah. so cool, and how many people work in the league office up in New York? Don't quote me on this, because... <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's, it, I want to say somewhere between 1,000 and 2,000. And then we do have a couple regional offices in like China, Mexico, um, Africa, Canada, a couple other places. Okay. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That sounds like a, a really fun uh, place to work at. And it sounds like it's it's big enough to where you have like, and we'll, we, I won't quote you on that, but call it 2,000 people where you can still yeah. kind of move around and still feel like it's small enough where you know enough people, right? Yeah, it's it's a great culture there. Um, people really take the time to build relationship relationships with each other. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, it's like we're all working at this sports league. So most of us like sports. And yeah. if not basketball, at least another sport. And so we all kind of have that common thread. So it makes building those relationships a little easier. You know, you come into the office and it's kind of our job to stay, you know, up to date on what's going on. Like right now, the playoffs, right? Yep. So you're walking into the office, everyone's like, did you see LeBron last night? Like, and that's, <laughs> and you know, you're kind of talking about work, but you're also kind of just like talking about sports like you would with your friends. So it's like a very easy way to just build those strong relationships with each other. That's so cool. That's, I, I think that's awesome. And LeBron is on another level, but we won't go too deep in that right now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, also a Warriors fan. So I, I'm kind of sad. I just use that LeBron. Uh, example instead of using my warriors but yes he it's is okay. on another level. <laughs> we can cut it up and, and put Steph Curry in there <laughs> yeah yeah Steph Curry had an awesome game yeah there you go <laughs> um so you live in New York City now and moving from California to Atlanta to New York yeah. I can only imagine how much change has happened in, within those three moves so yeah. one what is it like to move to the Big Apple and how have you really been able to adjust yeah, I mean, you kind of hit it where I've I've been on the West Coast, the South, and now like the Northeast, so really covering everything except for the middle piece of the U.S. at this point. But the Big Apple is a beast. Um, when I first moved here, it was it was definitely intimidating, and I think the lifestyle here and the culture is just so different. I think I think it's not like anywhere else. It's it's so packed. There are so many people here, and like transportation itself is just such a different animal than anywhere else. Like the subway system is insane. It's very crowded and it can be overwhelming, but when you start figuring it out, you, it, like, I'm very proud of myself for doing that. And it's, it feels good to be able to, you know, feel comfortable in a city that can often overwhelm people. Mm -hmm. So it was hard, you know, I didn't really have too many friends first moving here, but like I said, I, I was really lucky to start with these uh, nine other associates who ended up being, you know, some of my best friends. So that was like the best part of moving here that I had that support system and, and that I, you know, really enjoyed work. So kind of throwing myself into work and into my friends, it was, it made that transition easier for sure. That's awesome. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about the New York lifestyle? I think for myself and, and our followers, we, 
we think about New York and we see that everybody is up and moving and grinding and everybody's always on the street or going out to happy hour or going out or staying out yeah. late and barely getting any sleep. Can you just tell us a little bit about what the the New York City is actually New York City lifestyle is actually like? Yeah. It's it's pretty crazy. So kind of like you said it's there's always people out and about no matter what time it is and it like no matter like I could be going to like 5 a.m. hop in an Uber to catch like an early flight or something and I'm expecting no one to be out but like there's still traffic sometimes and I'm like where are people going (laughs) I have no idea like I don't want to be awake right now but apparently everyone else is awake as well so I mean that's kind of crazy and it's in that way, like if it, it can be a little daunting, but at the same time, it's so fun. It is so fun to be able to just like walk out of work. There's bars, great restaurants, um, so much fun stuff to do like on every single block. And every weekend, there's something new that's happening. And as long as you're willing to like look for those opportunities, like yeah. it's it's a great city to live in, especially if you have you know great people around you. And, and I think you really just never run out of things to do. And honestly, the food here is amazing. New York, <laughs> New York is a melting pot. And that's for people, for food, for everything, for culture, different cultures. Um, so I love exploring. And I think everyone else does, too. And that's really the beauty of New York is that it's such a melting pot and that um, you can find you can find fun things for any kind of person. So like a lot of my friends will visit me because, you know, everyone wants to visit New York city, especially because I have a lot of friends in California and Atlanta. Um, so I think that with all my friends, with all their different personalities, there's always something that I can find to like show them that they're really excited about. Um, even though, you know, everyone comes from like a different place. That's awesome. And that's, it sounds like you really embraced kind of like New York and that, if it's yeah. intimidating to some people, it, you could either go one of two ways where you either go down a rabbit hole and just kind of find yes. yourself staying in your apartment, not leaving, only going to work and coming back home because you're so scared of everybody. Or you take the risk and go out and put yourself out there and just go outside yeah. and enjoy yourself while you get to meet all the other millions of people who are packed within the, you know mm-hmm. five blocks that you're in because of just the yeah. nature of how New York is. Yeah, I always say, like, I think it's a great, I think everyone should live in New York for, like, a year or two if they can, because it's Mm -hmm. just, I think you learn so much about yourself and about um, your way of life, I think, when you're, when you're out here and you, um, and one of my friends and I were talking the other day, and I was like, New York can be, it's such a social place, but at the same time, it can make you feel alone sometimes, just because, like, there is so much going on that, like, if you're not doing something fun or exciting, like, you think you're, you're missing out, um, but I think that, you know, New York is definitely something that everyone should experience, because it's, it's not like anywhere else, for sure. Okay, and Eileen, I remember when we were talking earlier about your yeah. um, incident when it comes to snow and having to buy snowshoes and all <laughs> of that fun stuff. Did anybody give you any advice when you were moving there based on like the weather or anything like that? Or was it just kind yeah. of like, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to make it my own, and I'm just going to try to figure this out? I mean, definitely a mix of both. I had a couple friends from New York and that are here, and everyone definitely told me, you A, in the summer you need an AC unit don't think that you can survive off of a fan. Um, and they were completely right. Cause it gets so hot here. And oh, then wow. in the winter, everyone definitely said you need a thick, thick, thick coat, like not a sh- like a short coat. It needs to be like down to your, like past your knees kind of coat. <laughs> and so I got one and it's been super helpful and snowshoes. And I think, um, I never owned any of that, but now I do. And I'm so thankful for it because the winters here can definitely be brutal if you're not from a place that has real winters. Um, okay. Yeah, and 
And I think um, moving here, you just kind of also figure it out yourself. I think I remember when I first moved here. So I don't have like a laundry unit in my in my apartment building or in my apartment. So I have to like go to a laundromat to like do my laundry. And when I first moved and we all like me and the nine other associates were sitting down together and I asked, cause we were just like kind of talking, asking about moving. And I said, wait, so how does everyone do their laundry? And everyone gave me this like crazy look, like what? Like you put it in the washing machine, you turn it on and you take it out. Right. Like obviously. And I was like, Oh, so I'm literally the only one that doesn't have like, a lawn, like everyone else had one in their apartment or yeah. their um, apartment building. And so that's something I have also had to get used to, but it's not, obviously it's not like everyone in New York doesn't have one, but mm-hmm. it's like more common to like go to like a laundromat, I guess, to like do your laundry. That That's interesting. So would you say that when you look for your next apartment or you're looking to move, would you try to have a in-unit washer and dryer? Or would you still say that like you've adjusted to the laundromat and you don't really care whichever way it goes? Yeah. I think I don't really care now. Yeah. Like I think before I would have really cared, but now that I've been doing it for like a year and a half, it it doesn't bother me too much. And yeah, I think regardless, you're going to have to do it anyway. So, um, I feel like I've adjusted to it, which is kind of nice. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And switching gears real quickly back to the NBA. So I know that I have a a lot of followers who are interested in sports who may have never played a sport or may have never mm-hmm. taken like a sports marketing class or whatever it may be. But yeah. when it comes to working for like a league office such as the NBA, what mm-hmm. advice would you give to anybody who is looking to try to get to a, a, the league office or try to work for a team even? That's a toughie. I think I think it, for me personally, it was a mix of a lot of, you know, being in the right place at the right time. And it's always a little bit of luck and yeah. um, also just being ready for an opportunity. So that's kind of how I felt about myself. But I think the biggest advice I have is if you are interested in something, you know, let's say it's sports in this case, right? And you know, that's like a profession that you want to be a part of or an industry you want to be a part of, make that known to like everyone around you, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, it was kind of easier in that I was, you know, I was a basketball player at Emory. So everyone knew, obviously, I had that passion. So that's how I got roped into like, doing projects with my sports marketing professor, because he knew I liked basketball, because I was on the team. But I think in any case, like even where I am now, it's, it's if you if you have a passion, make it known to those around you, because then they're also looking when an opportunity arises, you have like hundreds of eyes open for those opportunities, not just you reaching out and trying to find these jobs that have to do with sports, right? So let's say, for me personally, when this associate program opportunity came up, I wasn't the first one to find that. So one of my friends actually saw I think on one of our career websites that there was this associate program that you could apply for. Mm -hmm. He forwarded it to me and that's how I found it, right? So I, and that's because he knew I was looking for a position like that. So I always say like surround yourself with people that surround yourself with a great network. And if they know what you're interested in, they'll be keeping an eye out for you too. And then I think the second piece of advice I have is, is no, like, I guess no job is too small. Um, Yeah. So for me, you know, like the WNBA working at the Atlanta Dream, it was a, a non-paid job, a non-paid um, summer internship. So I had to get a second job for that and um, to make money for the summer. And yeah. luckily for me, like my parents were like, you should take that. I mean, if you if this is what you want to do, go for it. And I was like, yeah, I mean, even if it's unpaid, this gets my foot in the door. So whatever you can do to get your foot in the door, that makes such a difference. That first step. Once your foot's in, 
I think that opportunities will start coming your way. And as long as you're ready for them, um, you'll, you'll go far. That's great. And there's, sense. Yeah. <laughs> there's two things that I heard in there that, that really kind of like stuck with me is one, like you created a relationship with your professor. So that way you were able to get projects on your plate that were able to be almost like transferable to the workplace. It sounds like. Yeah. And also, I mean, personally, I, when I was going into my senior year, that was when I finally started actually talking to my professors and becoming really friendly with my professors and asking for their own help. And when I was able to put myself in that position, it ended up helping me flourish, not only through school, but in the business world as well, because you don't realize how much pull your professors have until you actually get to sit down and talk with them. Right. They're like, they're, they're the industry expert. Like, so they've been in that world for a very long time and they're most of these people are very well respected. So it's great to build those relationships for sure. Yeah. And I also think the fact that you took an unpaid internship is also telling as well. And I think that a lot of millennials just in general get kind of scared of unpaid internships because they're like, Oh, but I don't want to work a second job or this isn't worth it because they're just going to make me go get coffee or whatever it may be. But I've worked an unpaid internship just as you have as well. And I would, agree in the fact that it's like if you're able to get your foot in the door and if it's really truly what you're passionate about and what you want to do then you need to go do it at this point in time because if you can't get your foot in the door now or in the next five six seven years it could be 10 to 15 years until you get into that industry and not to make that sound like super daunting but it is to the fact where it's like this is the point in our times where we get to take unpaid internships because we have no bills to pay or whatever it may be right so that's that is facts. That is so true. You really just, you're just worrying about yourself. And that's that I think we often forget that, that this, where you are now is the best time to grow yourself because that's all you have to focus on. You know, you're really just trying to develop you and, and your career. Yeah. And I, I think like even like some CEOs or people who are, you know, high level executives at big or small companies would agree with you as well when it, when they, when you're like, no job is too small for you. You hear all the time about people in their careers taking a step down. They call it quote unquote step down, but it ends up accelerating their career in mm-hmm. ways they've never been able to see it before. So yeah, yeah. I, I think that's great, Eileen. Yeah. And even going back to like that, the unpaid internship, you know, I don't know about your experience, but for me, it was like the unpaid one was even better in a way because the reason why they can't pay you is because they they're so overwhelmed and, you know, maybe, maybe yeah. they don't have the resources, which is almost a blessing in disguise because that means that you're just going to have so much more on your plate and that your experience is going to be so much more hands on because they actually really need your help. And you can, and you can do things more than just, you know, getting somebody's coffee, for example. You know? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And since working with the MBA, what mm-hmm. would you say has been your biggest aha that you've had since working just in general? two things come to mind, right? So for me, aha, like there was one aha moment of like, wow, this is what I do for a living. Um, kind of aha. And mm-hmm. then also an aha of like, wow, I have so much to learn. Aha. Um, so the first one is a little fun. It was, um, I guess February, not this year. So February, 2017 was when I went to my first NBA all-star and it was in new Orleans, um, which was extremely exciting to work that event. It's like the biggest thing that we kind of put on every year. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a big deal. Obviously all the best players are there. And at one point, like, 
you know, I'm just going around doing my work and everyone, you get so bogged down in what you do. And I think that's a lot of people and a lot of different, you know, industries, jobs. And so it's a stressful time and we're all running around doing all these things. And then at one point I'm walking through um, a security door and like those security things. And I'm just like running around like sweating and I bump into somebody and I look up and it's literally Steph Curry. And, (laughs) and for me, I'm like, holy, holy moly, like, this is the person that I adore, you know, it's, it's my squad, it's the leader of, like, the squad that I've been rooting for for so many years, and, and he goes, sorry, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm sorry for just running into you, and for me, it was like, wow, like, my job is, like, puts me in a place where I'm just randomly running into Steph, like, Steph Curry, (laughs) like, two-time MVP, like, two-time NBA champion, you know, which is crazy, um, so that was, like, kind of a fun, like, wow, aha moment of, like, this is what I do for a living, so take time to appreciate it, Mm kind of what I was saying, where I was so stressed that week, but, you know, really take time to appreciate what you're doing, especially if you love your job, um, and then the other aha is, uh, more of a learning one, and, and so, kind of what I said earlier, my first rotation was in global partnerships, and so that was when I first started, um, like a year and a half ago. Okay. And now I'm back in that same group. So it's like kind of my second go around and this is going to be my full time for, you know, the foreseeable future. Yeah. And so I thought, I think I was confident coming back in and being like, oh, I've already done this before. Like I was here for six months. And so I really know how this group operates. And mm-hmm. then like we, we get going and, and I'm working on our um, Pepsi SAP accounts and, um, I, I am get, I'm tasked with like creating a proposal for a new 2k league. And, okay. and I think in that moment when I got tasked with that, I like opened it up to like start working on it. And I was like, wow, I don't really know where to start. I don't know how to create one. I don't know, you know, what assets to put in and, and how to price these out. And I, and for me, it was just like, no matter what, even if you've done something before, there's just so much more to learn yeah. and, um, and learning just really never stops in that. It, it got it like was intimidating, but at the same time so exciting because I was like, "Wow, I'm in this place where that means I can learn so much, and it, and it's something that I can improve on as well." That's so, awesome. That's yeah. And I think that's so cool that you got to bump into Steph Curry at the All Star Game, like. And like I said, I was already sweating from like just running around the arena, and as soon as I saw him. It was like buckets of sweat at that point. I was like so nervous. I was like, I can't believe you're standing right in front of me, but also trying to be like super cool because, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a professional, you know? So yeah, you absolutely. <laughs> so do you guys get to interact with NBA players often or if you go to a game, like how does that, how does that kind of work? And I'm sure a lot of people are curious about that. Yeah. So I would say it depends on what, you know, what your role is at the league. A lot mm-hmm. of departments interact with players a lot. So we have like, you know, a player marketing team who really manages those relationships with us and the players, um, like the league and the players. And then you have like player development, which is an awesome group that, um, that really helps develop these players and and considers their wellness and like their future after playing. Um, average, the average NBA player is actually only in the league for four and a half years. And so if you think about that, it's like four and a half years, but then what are you going to, what are you going to do with your life after that? And so they really focus on that and they work with players often. Um, but everyone else, you, you know, you do work with them. Um, for my role specifically, like I said, I global partnerships, you manage your relationships with our partners. So for me, yeah. SAP and Pepsi, you know, they're paying us millions of dollars to be our partner. And so, like, our job is to make that valuable for them, right? And so Absolutely. a lot of times they have activations with players and 
having player appearances, you know, one of their hospitality receptions or, you know, using players in commercials or ads or whatever it is. And that's, that's probably like the, you know, like my relationship with players and why I would work with them. Um, but yeah, everyone, you touch it in some way, you know, at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, we're all working for this league and that's, you know, the players and the game is our product. So you're going to have to touch it um, a bit. That's awesome. That's so cool. I think, yeah, I'm I'm a huge basketball fan, and you know this. So yeah. <laughs> to to be able to bump into a person like Steph Curry or a LeBron or a Draymond Green anywhere, I think w- would be a very uh, really cool opportunity, especially being a basketball head that I am. But um, yeah. so last question before we let you go, Eileen, if yeah. you have we ha- we're gonna give you ninety seconds, and oh, if no. you have <laughs> ninety seconds to give one piece of advice to a new grad or a college student looking for a job or looking to move or anything, what advice would you give them if you only had 90 seconds? Okay. I'm going to take 10 seconds to think for a second. I say always push yourself to be better. What I was saying earlier, there's always room for improvement. And unless you're constantly looking for ways to um, push yourself further than where you are when that opportunity that you've been dreaming of comes knocking at your door, you're not going to be ready. And so I think that and surrounding yourself with people that um, you can rely on and that you can learn from, those two things I I would say are the most important. So I guess to summarize, push yourself um, beyond what you think you're capable of so that you're ready when an opportunity comes knocking and surround yourself with people that um, make you better and that will help you grow into the professional or um, person that you want to be. That is spot on right there. I love that. <laughs> That's my 90 seconds. I don't even know if that was 90 seconds. It was way shorter than 90 seconds, which is what we All shoot right. for. It was awesome. Um, but seriously, Perfect. thank you so much for joining us. Um, I know I really enjoyed having you not only on the show, but with yeah. being able to kind of sit down and talk this morning as well. So Thank you, Eileen. Thank you. I know. I wish we could reverse roles and like I could do this to you and ask you a million questions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But thank you so much for having me. This was this was awesome and this was really fun. It's a great way for me to reflect on 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 my career too. Thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to follow our blog at itsmillennialtalk.com. Follow us on social media at underscore millennial way on Instagram and Twitter. 